Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Welcome to The World in 10. It's your daily roundup of the biggest stories from across the world written by our correspondents and contributors at the Times of London. I'm Jenny Barsby. Coming up on today's edition, we find out more about a warning of attacks from dissident Republicans in Northern Ireland, plus why two Democrats have been expelled from the state legislature in Tennessee, and why Rory McIlroy has made history at Augusta, and it's not for his golfing prowess. We start with the terror threat in Northern Ireland and a warning from police that dissident Republicans are plotting attacks there over this Easter weekend. The police service of Northern Ireland says the force has received very strong intelligence that its officers would be targeted in Londonderry on Easter Monday. Now, this is the day before Joe Biden begins his visit to mark the 25th anniversary of the Good Friday Agreement. Uh, Chief Constable Simon Byrne has told a meeting of the policing board the trouble could be an attempt to draw officers into gun or bomb attacks. We're now dealing with a, a severe terrorist threat, which means an attack is highly likely right across Northern Ireland. I think the thing to stress uh, for members and beyond today is that the main focus of these attacks continues to be police officers, both on and off duty, as you say, and their families. It will also include prison officers and military personnel. And the style of attack that we're dealing with and trying to frustrate is gun attack and bomb attacks on these people by a small number of determined dissident terrorists. So President Biden's due to visit Belfast on Tuesday and attend a series of commemorative events on Wednesday. Alongside Rishi Sunak, the Prime Minister, he's also expected to attend. These visits are actually still going ahead, despite the warning of attacks. Amanda Ferguson's a journalist based in Belfast, and she told me despite their high profiles, Mr Biden and Mr Sunak are not at risk and are not a target. When police were asked if um, there was sort of additional motivation for dissident Republicans to attack them because of those visits, they said that there was no intelligence to support that, that intelligence colleagues are built into the operation, um, and as they said, they, they plan for the worst and hope for the best. They did also make clear that whenever the Prime Minister and the President are here, that it won't be a city in lockdown, that the only disruption would be perhaps uh, at the airport um, you know, for, for the arrival of the, of the men, and also when motorcades are passing by, that there may be slight delays. The Times of London explains that Easter Monday, that's the day earmarked for an attack, is the day dissident Republicans traditionally mark the anniversary of the Easter Rising Rebellion against British rule Way back in 1916, they have a parade set to take place in Londonderry. Amanda told me if the attacks do happen, 
they won't be anything like what's been seen in the past. Isolated incidents that are going to happen probably, possibly in the northwest. Um, it, it won't be the sort of screaming headlines about, you know, the streets of Ulster are on fire or a return to the troubles, all of that sort of thing. These, these really are uh, a small number of people who engage in this kind of anti-peace process, uh, violent activity. And of course, we, we have to wait okay. and see how, how all of that unfolds. There have been extraordinary scenes in Tennessee after the Republican-controlled state legislature expelled two Democrats who had led gun control protests at the state capitol following the recent school shooting in Nashville. I-72, 25 days. Pursuant to Article 2, Section 12 of the Constitution of the State of Tennessee, I hereby declare Representative Justin Jones of the 57th Representative District expelled from the House of Representatives of the 113th Assembly of the State of Tennessee. Now, if you remember, three adults and three children were killed on March the 27th after former pupil Audrey Hale went on the rampage. Hundreds of people joined protests demanding tougher gun controls. We've seen this sort of thing after other school shootings in the States. They included Justin Jones and Justin Pearson, two of the youngest black lawmakers in the legislature. Now, Republicans ended up calling for that expulsion because they accused them of engaging in disorderly behaviour. Justin Jones spoke out after that expulsion. They can't expel our movement. They're, they're trying to silence people. They can't silence the thousands of us here who are demanding change. No action. No peace. No action. President Biden's condemned the action as shocking and an effort to punish silence and expel duty elected representatives of the people of Tennessee. Fentanyl makes the headlines again today. It's being blamed for the death of American rapper Coolio. Born artist Leon Ivey Jr. back on August the 1st, 1963, he started rapping at 15 and always said he knew by 18 that that is what he wanted to do. Coolio attended community college before devoting himself full-time to the hip-hop scene. His career album sales totaled 4.8 million, with 978 million on-demand streams of his songs. He was nominated for six Grammys, winning one for Best Solo Rap Performance for this, Gangster's Paradise, from the soundtrack of Michelle Pfeiffer's 1995 film Dangerous Minds. All this came to an end, though, on September the 28th, 2022, when Coolio died at the Los Angeles home of a friend from an accidental fentanyl overdose. He was 59. And he's not the first American star to die this way. Prince, Tom Petty and The Wire actor Michael K. William all died due to fentanyl overdoses. Coolio's estate plans later this year to release a studio album he was working on before he died. So today saw the start of the Masters in Augusta and history was made at the ninth hole by Northern Ireland's Rory McIlroy. But not for his putting. This was for becoming the first golfer to do an on-course interview, talking through his approach shot to the green at the par 4 to CNN. Though this delighted the fans, it hasn't actually gone down well with golfing greats like Nick Faldo, who tweeted his disapproval, writing, Every interview I've done this week is all about giving 100% concentration to yourself and the task at hand. So why? 
he asks. And the Times has a live poll on whether on-course interviews affect golfers' concentration. As I record, 78% of voters believe they do. In his defence, McElroy said he thought it would be a cool thing to do as he ended his first round in a tie for 37th. Now, when you think of the UK as a tourist destination, what springs to mind? Hmm, Let me think. The fantastic architecture, the beautiful countryside. We've got a wealth of stunning museums. Yet it seems we're not doing as well as the French when it comes to visitor numbers. According to the latest attendance rankings of the world's 100 top art museums, it's the Louvre, which has the highest number of visitors, 7.7 million last year. Okay, that's more than 2.5 million ahead of the Vatican Museum, which came in second. True, the British Museum wasn't too far behind on 4.1 million, but the direct London equivalent to the Louvre is really the National Gallery. And in 2022, its attendance figure, 2.7 million, is an astonishing 3.3 million below what it was getting back in 2019. Richard Morrison is the chief culture writer for the Times of London and thinks he knows why. One of the big reasons is that we haven't recovered from COVID um, as quickly as, um, for example, the French have. Uh, all their museums are within 10%, 20% of what they were uh, achieving before COVID. Uh, we are much more like 30, 40, 50% behind, which is a huge um, you know, difference. Uh, take the National Gallery, for example. Uh, we are now um, uh, 55% behind what it was in 2019. And sadly, that's not all. Before the pandemic, foreigners accounted for two-thirds of all visits to the British Museum and the National Gallery. And according to Richard, the spectre of Brexit, oh yes, could be the main reason they haven't returned. Take the case of the Chinese, for example. They, they have to get an extra visa to come to the UK. There are other factors as well. We've got rid of duty-free shopping, for example. That's apparently a big um, draw for, for, for people from the Far East. Um, I, I think also um, ch- uh, school parties from Europe now, uh, you can't come on a joint passport, you, uh, your ID cards, you have to have individual passports. That's absolutely decimated the school party trade, for example. So you don't see many Italian or French um, parties of children at the National Gallery anymore. Richard's article also delves into the cost of visiting the UK. It isn't cheap. And the anti-foreign rhetoric spouted by some politicians. Added to that, some museums encouraging visitors to book a time slot in advance, he says, has created a perfect storm which would put off even the most ardent art lover. And that's it for today's World in 10. We're back tomorrow. Tomorrow. 